Welcome to the Embrace Church podcast. We exist as a church to relentlessly reach the next person for Jesus. Wherever you're at today, we hope this message encourages you. Let's jump in. Well, hey, everyone. Hope you all are doing so very well today. Uh, If we've not met before, my name is Travis. I get to be one of our pastors here. And I'm excited to get to continue in a message series that we've been in called Weird Stuff Christians Do. Uh, Because we Christians, we can do a lot of weird stuff. And so we thought it'd just be helpful to talk about it a little bit. So the weird thing that we're going to talk about today, the weird stuff uh, that Christians do is uh, we speak Christian. We speak Christian. Uh, You know how a lot of people, they can speak a different language. Like I was a German minor at SDSU. I speak a little bit of German. Um, I've always found it kind of funny that Germans can sound angry when they speak German, like, was machst du in deiner Freizeit? It's like, whoa, take it easy. Thanks for asking me what I like to do in my free time. I like to play golf. Thanks so much for asking. Ich liebe Gerken und Schokolade. Okay, you love pickles and chocolate. That's good to know. Again, not sure why you're mad about that. Um, So again, I speak a little bit of German, but I also speak Christian, and just like it was weird just now when I spoke German in front of a room full of people who don't speak German, uh, Christians speak Christian in front of a whole bunch of people who don't speak Christian, and that's why it's weird. So uh, what does it look like to speak Christian? Uh, Well, a couple of years ago, I was at a baptism for one of my friend's kids, um, and at the end of the service, uh, we were all invited to have a time of fellowship in the narthex. Now, Those are two words that I did not know what they meant. I could piece together with context clues what fellowship meant. I think it meant like hugging or holding hands, something like that. Uh, But what on God's green earth is a narthex? Like, is it on planet earth? Is it a cleaning supply? Like, how do we get to the narthex? Um, Eventually, I I was able to find it because it turns out I had already been through it because a narthex is just an entryway. So why don't we call it an entryway? Good question, because we speak Christian. Christians, we, we do things that everyone else does. We just don't say things in the way that everyone else says it. We do things everyone else does. We just don't say things in the way that everyone else says them. I'll give you another example. Um, like most everyone else, Christians date. Okay, We pursue relationships with other people. But some Christians, uh, we don't say date. No, why would we? No, Christians, uh, we court each other. Whoa, we court each other. Like I'm super nervous, like Jim, he's courting me right now, but I'm kind of worried that I like him like a brother in Christ and not like a bridegroom. It's like, what does that mean? Uh, Christians, we go through periods of time where we change our focus, uh, but we don't say periods of time. No, we go through seasons, mm, seasons. And we don't, we don't change our focus. No, instead, we prune Like, I'm just going through this season of time where God is pruning all of these things out of my life. Christians have a couple of seasons. We have winter, spring, summer, fall, and then pruning, and then making homemade candles just for a season, just for a season. You know, sometimes when you speak Christian, you don't even have to say real words. Um, I was at a Bible study one time, and a guy in the Bible study, he said something really interesting, and we all really liked it. Uh, But instead of saying, hey, that was really interesting, I really liked that, we all just said, Mmm, mmm, mmm. Almost like we were all eating the same food and we all thought it was delicious. Mmm, those words that you said that I heard through my mouth, mmm, those were good. 
good words. Now, some of you understand uh, everything that I'm saying. You're resonating with what I'm saying. You might be interested in what I'm saying. And some of you have no idea what I am talking about. And that is kind of the point of why we are talking about this. See, you know, you know this, but our words, they matter. What we say, how we say it, it matters because our words have power. Our words can change the feeling in an entire room. Our words can bring purpose and excitement into people's lives. Our words can even change the entire direction of someone's life, but they only matter and they only have power if the people who hear our words can understand So uh, to get started today, I want to look at some powerful words from a guy named Paul. And it's really appropriate that we would use Paul's words as a base for our message on words because Paul was one of the greatest communicators of all time. Throughout his life, he spoke and taught in front of thousands of people, but the letters that he wrote, they were passed around and they were read by literally billions of of people. And so the letter that we're going to look at today is called 1 Corinthians because Paul wrote this letter to a group of people in a city called Corinth. And here is what he said. Paul said, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. He said to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. Now, without context, his words might be a little bit confusing, but what Paul is saying is he has this message. He has this important message, and he would do anything to get people to know it. To the Jews, he would become like the Jews so that they might understand his message. He would speak the language of the weak so that weak people might understand his message. He's saying that whatever the people group, Whatever language they speak, whether it be cultural language or spoken language, he would become like them. He would speak their language for their sake so that they might understand this important message that he has. So what's the message? Well, he tells us. Paul says, I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel. Paul's message that he would do anything to get people to understand is the gospel, the good news about Jesus. That's what gospel means. It means good news. He would do anything. He would become like anyone for their sake so that they might understand the message of Jesus. You might think about Paul's words this way. Uh, When you have a message that matters for everyone, like the gospel, this important message that he has, when you have a message that matters for everyone, you have to communicate it in a way that matters to everyone. And so for those of us who are here today, who are followers of Jesus, those of us here today who consider ourselves to be Christians, we should ask ourselves, how can we do this too? If we believe the gospel, if we believe that following Jesus is a worthwhile effort, how do we communicate it? How do we communicate it in a way that matters for everyone? Because it certainly should matter to everyone. Paul said, I'll become like the Jews for the sake of the Jews. We should be asking ourselves, how can we become like our neighbor for the sake of our neighbor? How can we speak the language of our coworker? 
for the sake of our coworker, for everyone in our life who doesn't know Jesus? How do we communicate? How do we resonate with them in a way so that they might understand the message of Jesus? Because when you have a message that matters for everyone like the gospel, you have to communicate it in a way that matters to everyone. Now, this is a topic uh, that is a passion point for us at Embrace. This is what we strive to do in everything that we do. I'll give you an example of one of the ways that we do this. I mean, some of you know this because we've talked about this before, but uh, before anybody ever speaks on any stage that we have, uh, we go through a pretty rigorous review process. We really try to dive into like, what are you trying to say? And how do you communicate it in a way that people will understand, a way that's not over people's head, a way that people will feel welcome when they hear it? Uh, so a couple of months ago, we were in a, a review for one of my messages. Um, and our lead pastor, Adam, was in this uh, message. And uh, let's just say he had some constructive feedback for me. Essentially, he's like, hey, you're saying this in a way that doesn't make any sense. You're speaking Christian. You need to speak it in a different way. And here's what he said to me. I wrote it down so that you can all hear it. Uh, he said, uh, I'm not sure that you're saying this in the best possible way. Maybe try saying it in a way your college friends would actually respect. Okay, thank you for the feedback, Adam. Um, Now, I love Adam, and I actually uh, love this feedback for me because Adam, like Paul and like me, would do anything. We'd do absolutely anything so that one more person might understand the message of Jesus. One more person might understand why the gospel, the good news of Jesus, matters for their life. He'd do anything. Paul would do anything. And again, we should be asking ourselves, what can we do to reach the people in our lives. So that's what I want to do today. I want to, I want to explore what it could look like to communicate our faith, to talk about Jesus in a way that matters to the people in our life, because there's a bunch of ways that we can resonate with our coworkers and our family members and our neighbors, but speaking Christian to them is most likely not one of those ways. Um, so we're going to look at some alternatives. And I kind of have four different topics uh, that we're going to look, like, uh, look at, four kind of different ways that we often talk about our faith and often can speak Christian uh, through. And we're going to talk about some alternative ways that I've heard from other people that might resonate uh, with you. So the first uh, topic is this, uh, talking about your faith. Just like bare bones, like how do you talk about your faith in Jesus? Well, uh, a lot of Christians will talk about it like this. They'll say, I am born again. They'll say, I am a born again Christian. Or they'll say something like, my sins have been washed away. Or I am a new creation. Born again, my sins have been washed away. I am a new creation. Now, uh, if you know what these words mean, you know that all of these words are true and biblical and exactly what happens when we start to follow Jesus. So I'm fine with anybody explaining their faith in this way uh, with one small caveat. Um, So when I was a junior in college, I started to follow Jesus for the first time. Um, And a few months after I decided to follow Jesus, um, I was sitting alone in my college apartment. I heard a knock on the door and I answered it. And there was a very pleasant uh, young man on the other side of the door. And he said, hello. And then he asked me this. He said, "Uh, do you know Jesus Christ? This is a true story. He said, hello. And then he said, do you know Jesus Christ? And I was kind of excited because I was like, I just started following Jesus. I'd know the answer to this one. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know Jesus. I'm a born-again Christian. That's what I said. I'm a born-again Christian. And he said, oh, yeah? What's that mean? And I was like, well, wait a minute. Don't you know? Isn't this how we say this stuff? Like, don't we say, like, I'm a born-again Christian? How do you not know this stuff? But the thing is, is that he was doing the right thing in this moment. Of course, he knew what it meant to be a born-again Christian. He just wanted to make sure that I knew what it meant to be a born-again Christian. 
See, he was teaching me that when you talk about your faith, you've got to communicate it in a way that is real to you, in a way that's true to you, in a way that is authentic to you. You might say it this way, when you're talking about your faith, you say it how you'd say it. You say it how you would say it. Not how you've heard somebody else say it. You say it how you'd say it. I was having coffee with a friend the other day and she was talking to me about her faith and and God's just been doing some really, really cool things in her life over the last year. And she said that to me. She said, yeah, God has just been working in my life and it's been really, really awesome. And now I'm just riding this Jesus wave hard. Isn't that how you'd say it? Like I've been riding this Jesus wave hard. That got me pumped up. Like, I was like, that's how you'd say it. That's how you'd say it if you really meant it. That might be how you say it if you want to say it in a way your college friends would actually respect. I was like, writing notes down. Oh, that's how you'd say it. No, but when she, did, when she said this, when she said, I've been riding this Jesus wave hard, I immediately knew two things about her. One, she believed that. Because you don't just like say stuff like that and not mean it. You just don't make up something like I'm riding this Jesus wave hard if you don't believe it. And the second thing that I knew right away is that she was that God was doing big things in her life and she was just hanging on for the ride. See, she communicated her faith in a way that was true to her, that was real to her. She said it in a way that mattered to her and because she did, it mattered to me. It resonated with me. It made me sit up and listen because she said it in a way that was real. She said it how she would say it. And when it comes to talking about our faith, we should too. We should too. The next topic uh, is this, uh, talking about how God is changing you. So that's kind of just bare bones talking about your faith, but how do you talk about what God's doing in your life? How do you talk about how God is changing you? When I've heard people describe this uh, in the Christian way, uh, they've said things like, the Lord is taking me down a new path. The Lord is taking me down new path, which is a fine uh, way to say it. Uh, But last weekend, I actually heard somebody say it a little bit differently, and I like that way just a little bit better. So uh, my wife, Jessie, and I last weekend, we were out to dinner with some friends, um, and they're they're a couple of friends of ours, so they're a husband and a wife, and they also have kids. So we're talking about being parents, uh, and we're talking about worry. We're talking about how we're worried about uh, what our kids are learning at school. We're worried about their friends. We're just worried, 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 because, you know, parents worry. At least Jessie and I, we're just in this season of worry right now. We're just season of worry. We're just worrying. Um, so anyways, uh, we were talking about that. And finally, I just said, hey, like we can worry and worry and worry about our kids. And we can try to control as much as we can. But really at the end of the day, we just need to introduce our kids to Jesus and let him do the work. And my friend, she looked at her husband and she said, yeah, and don't be a jerk. And I was like, <laughs> now I'm not sure why she looked at her husband when she said, don't be a jerk. It certainly probably wasn't because she was thinking that about him. I think, I think what my friend was saying is that when it comes to sh- sharing about how God is changing her, the way that she would say it is, don't be a jerk. Not God is taking me down a new path. No, no, God is changing me and he's teaching me to not be a jerk. See, that was a way that is real to her. She knew that words matter, but our actions matter even more. That's how she'd say it. That's how she would say it in a way that's true to her, real to her, authentic to her, a way that matters to her. That God is taking me down a new path. What, 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 what does that mean? What does that mean? No, God, God, he's teaching me to not be a jerk. And we listened up and we heard her. And when it comes to talking to, to people who don't follow Jesus, like, wouldn't that be just a fresh way to say it? 
Wouldn't that be an engaging way to say it for, for people who like think all kinds of things about Christians, for them to just hear from you like, yeah, you know, the thing that God is doing in my life right now, the, the thing that my faith has to do with me right now is God is teaching me to not be a jerk. That might actually stand out to a, people, oh, to a person who doesn't follow Jesus. So again, we say it how we'd say it. Uh, the third thing is this, what about talking about the hard stuff? What about, how do you communicate the hard parts of following Jesus? Uh, here's what I mean by this. I've heard people say things like, I'm going through a dry season right now, and I just want to see God move. I'm going through a dry season right now, and I just want to see God move. Now, if you speak the language, uh, you know that this is actually pretty serious. But if you don't, you might be thinking like, hey, this person must be a farmer because they're really kind of concerned about the dry conditions um, that we're in right now. But if you speak the language, you know that when somebody says that they're going through a spiritually dry time, that they have no idea where God is in their life right now. That maybe they haven't read their Bible or prayed in months, that they're just unsure what God is doing, where he's at, or if he is anywhere. But it's hard to say those things. It's vulnerable to say those things. When somebody says something like, I just want to see God move in my life, what they really mean is they're drowning and they have no idea which way is up. But it's uncomfortable to say something like that. It's hard to say the true thing and the vulnerable thing. So what we end up doing is we end up just saying the Christian thing. And we shouldn't. Because a lot of times what Christians do is we, we mask what's really going on in our life with just these Christian words and phrases and jargon that don't make any sense to anybody. And if we do that, then we miss out. And we miss out in a couple of different ways. One way that we miss out is we miss out actually resonating with other people who follow Jesus. If we let somebody know like, hey, like, I just don't know where God is right now. I feel alone. A person who followed Jesus could say, I've been there too. Can I pray for you? I can help you get to the other side of this. And if we say these things to people who don't follow Jesus, here's one thing that they learn. They learn that you don't think that you're perfect, which is a really powerful thing to tell a non-believer because a lot of times people think that Christians think that they are perfect. They know that they're not, of course, but they think that Christians think they are. And when we're honest with people and we tell them about the real stuff, they can see that we're not. They can see that we're real. And honesty and vulnerability is attracted to people. And finally, it's good for you. It's good for you and I. It might be hard for you and I to say the real things that are happening inside of us, but it is good for us to do that. So again, when it comes about talking about the hard stuff, just say it. Say it how you'd say it. Say the real thing. You won't regret it. It will matter to you, and it might matter to the person listening to you. Okay, this last one uh, is kind of crazy. Um, it's actually probably the wildest one that we're going to even talk about today. Uh, sometimes Christians uh, don't just speak Christian to other people. Uh, they actually speak Christian to God. So when it comes to talking to God, some people speak Christian. Like Germans, uh, you know, they, like, they get really angry when they want pickles. Uh, Christians, they sound really like sad and they sound really serious when they pray, right? It's even changed like the tone of their voice. It's like, holy, holy spirit in heaven, would you just put this hedge of protection around me? It's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Why are you talking like that? Like we, we pray like we're reading this formal letter to a holy acquaintance instead of talking to our father in heaven that loves us. I don't want to give us too much of a hard time on this one because I know that some of us pray that way because we don't know 
how to pray. We're nervous to pray. We're nervous about what to say when we pray. And that's why I love what Jesus says when he teaches us to pray. He says, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus is reminding us of the truth. Like God's not gonna hear us because of a bunch of words. Jesus is saying, hey, our real words, our honest words are better than a bunch of words. Okay, we don't need to pretty up our prayers for God. He knows what we need before we even ask him. And oh, by the way, he loves us and he's for us and he just wants to hear from us. He wants us to say it how we would say it because he knows about it anyway and he would love to hear us, the real us, say it. So those are the topics that I have. Those are the four topics I've had. We've kind of we've hopefully had some fun along the way talking about these kind of weird things that Christians will uh, say. Uh, but I want to close today with far and away the weirdest thing that Christians say. Given how much this message about Jesus matters, given how much it can change people's life, given how much uh, the truth of this can just transform us, the weirdest possible thing that Christians say is what I want to close uh, with. And it's right here on the screen. The weirdest thing that Christians say. Do we have? Oh yeah, this is it. Nothing. Nothing. Given everything that we've talked about, the weirdest thing that any person who follows Jesus could ever say is nothing. Let's take a look at Paul's words one more time. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel. Do all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. Save some. What do you think he means by that? Let me ask you, what what has God saved you from? What has the life following Jesus saved you from? Loneliness? Anxiety? Hopelessness? Maybe God saved your marriage. Maybe he saved you from an addiction. Maybe he saved you for a life with a purpose. Maybe he saved you for a passion that he's put inside of you. Maybe he saved you for hope in eternity. That's what's on the line. That's what Paul's so pumped up about. And this, this is why the weirdest thing anyone who follows Jesus could ever say is nothing. So what could it look like to say something? Well, first and foremost, we say it how we'd say it. We say it in a way that matters to us, that's real to us, so that it might matter to somebody else. And and specifically, Just think about it in two different ways. What has God done in your life and what is he doing in your life? Has he healed you in some way? Has he forgiven you in some way? I know for me, God, if if somebody would have told me just a little bit earlier in my life, it would have saved me from so much heartache. It would have saved me from so many years of shame and regret. If somebody would have just said what God has done in their life, what God is doing in our life, in, in their life, maybe it would have resonated with me. 
I don't know that, but what I do know is that you and I, we all have people in our life that are ready to, be, ready to hear about Jesus right now. There are people in our life who are literally drowning right now in loneliness and anxiousness and despair, and they need to hear some hope. And they need to hear it from somebody who believes it. They need to hear it from somebody who's experienced it before so that they might know it's possible to experience it. One of my favorite Proverbs says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words, they're like life-saving boats floating along in the ocean, surrounded by people who are drowning. And we just need to stop and invite people to get in the boat. So again, say it how you'd say it. What has God done in your life? What is God doing in your life? And then for your neighbor, for your coworker, for your friend, for your family member, say it to them in a way that might matter to them or at the very least, say it in a way that matters to you. Because again, when you have a message that matters for everyone, you have to communicate it in a way that matters to everyone. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for hearing us when we talk to you. Thanks for not being far off. Thanks for not being distracted. Thank you that whenever we lean into you, you lean in with us. God, I ask even right now that you would remind us, you would remind us of the things that you've done in our life, the things that you've saved us from, mistakes, shame, the things that you've saved us for, purpose, hope. And would you help us? Would you help us to have the courage to communicate those things, to tell other people so that we might save some of them through you, God, through what Jesus did, so that others might have the hope that we have. God, give us the words to say, And then would you just do the work, Lord, and we could just be a part of it, God. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he did on the cross. We pray in his name. Amen. Thanks so much for spending the time with us today. You can find out more about Embrace at IamEmbrace.com.